What an incredible week that was for Bitcoin. And there are so many stories I need to catch you up on that today is going to be a Bitcoin special. Good morning. You're listening to the Ryzen Crypto Podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to have an encyclopedic knowledge of everything happening in crypto, you better click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. The long and short of the rundown today is Bitcoin. We're going to cover why February was a record-breaking month. Bitcoin's price correction yesterday, courtesy of Grayscale's massive spike in outflows. Why the Bitwise CIO believes that the ETFs are only just getting started. Why the Bitcoin miner reserves unexpectedly held steady in February. And finally, the US government moved $922 million worth of seized Bitcoin. Right, the past 24 hours, price-wise, we've seen a little bit more stability. According to Cointelegraph Markets data at 7am Eastern, we had 24-hour highs of $63,611 and 24-hour lows of $60,294. So we haven't quite captured that new all-time high against the US dollar, but as William Suberg wrote, we have already set a new record, just a different one. Bitcoin closed February out with an enormous green candle and Checkmate, the pseudonymous lead on-chain analyst at Glassnode, pointed out its significance. In February, Bitcoin gained just shy of $20,000 and Checkmate wrote, Unreal. February 2024 printed a $19,840 Bitcoin candle, the largest monthly USD increase in history. This added $390 billion to the Bitcoin market cap, up a remarkable 47%. As William Suberg pointed out, Bitcoin took nearly a decade to get a $20,000 price tag, and when it finally did, at the end of 2017, it took another three years to beat it. Now we've just seen Bitcoin's price go up $20,000 in a month. Now, it's not all roses. As William pointed out earlier this week, as monthly candles expire, they can spark volatility. Yesterday on the 29th of February, we did see this a little with a 3.3% correction that Jesse Cochran traced back to our old foe with the outflows, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Grayscale, according to preliminary data from Farside Investor, had nearly $600 million exit, narrowly missing the daily record outflows of $640.5 million back on the 22nd of January. Now, this is particularly disappointing because on the 26th of February, as I discussed earlier this week, Grayscale had its lowest daily net outflow of just $22.4 million. So we were kind of lured into thinking that the outflows were finally drying up. But then it gushed. Bloomberg's Eric Balkanas wrote, $600 million outflow for GBTC today. That's a lot. Two steps forward, one step back. Though it is worth reiterating that the flows of the spot Bitcoin ETFs as a whole are just fine. Yesterday saw the total volume drop right off from the madness of the 28th that we discussed yesterday. But even with a huge dip in volume, they still recorded the second best day by volume since the ETFs opened for trading. Balkanas wrote, hot but cooler. Volumes for the nine came down today, although still clocked their second biggest day ever, but cooler after yesterday's explosion. They are going to end up trading more this week than their entire first month on the market. New normal or temporary burst? We will see. Well, new normal or temporary burst might be called a false dichotomy by one person who believes that what we might be in for is behind door three. Even bigger inflows. 
Bitwise's CIO Matt Hoogan was on CNBC for an interview yesterday and explained that the interest in the spot Bitcoin ETFs came primarily from retail, hedge funds and independent financial advisors. The next, even bigger wave, as he puts it, could come from institutional capital and Hoogan referred to the ETFs as Bitcoin's IPO moment. Michael Saylor posted the interview on X and quoted one standout line from Hoogan when he said, With Bitcoin right now, there is too much demand and not enough supply. Hoogan added that the supply-demand dynamic is just off the hook. Now, if you really want to feel bullish on this Friday morning, Hoogan stated that this institutional wave could cause Bitcoin's price to blow past his initial prediction for 2024, which was $80,000, and put it somewhere between $100,000 and $200,000. I've discussed Bitcoin miners a lot over the past few months for obvious reasons, the halving event. Few businesses could stomach the halving of income overnight, though the mining firms have had four years to prepare. The difficulty is that doesn't tell the whole story. In the lead up to the halving, the difficulty of mining increases, meaning you can't just start scaling back and streamlining your systems or you'll drop off completely. This time last year, mining difficulty was 43 trillion, now it's 62.5 trillion. You may have just said to yourself, 62.5 trillion what? Well, it's an indication of how many attempts or hashes are needed on average to find a valid block under the current difficulty level. So right now, that's 63.5 trillion hashes. But really, you don't need to know this to know that mining is significantly more difficult now than a year ago. And the mining firms have to keep up, despite knowing that around the 19th of April, the block rewards for their efforts will be slashed from 6.25 BTC to 3.125 BTC. And on top of that, the cost to mine isn't likely to go down straight away. Some believe it may even increase. Analysis from the asset manager CoinShares said the following. We think Riot, TerraWolf and CleanSpark are the best positioned going into the halving. One of the main problems miners have is large SG and A, selling general and administrative costs. For miners to break even, the halving will likely force them to cut SG and A costs, otherwise they could continue to run at an operating loss and having to resort to liquidating their HODL balances and other current assets. Now one way to offset the halving is for mining firms to line their coffers beforehand. This is all the more attractive when Bitcoin is chasing its all-time high price, as we've seen this week. So you would have expected a mass exodus of coins from the miners, but curiously, we've not had one. According to data from CryptoQuant, on the 1st of February, miners' wallet reserves held 1.828 million Bitcoin. At the other end of the month, on the 28th of February, as we now chase the all-time high, those reserves held 1.827 million Bitcoin. So very little difference indeed. Nevertheless, CryptoQuant shows that at least 40,000 Bitcoin was sold by miners on the 26th of February, but it seems that the miners may have got a lot of their selling out of the way in January, and now they're in hodl mode for the most part. As Bitcoin goes through different price thresholds, all sorts of consequences take place. People set themselves price targets, often arbitrarily, to buy in or to sell and take profits. And sometimes what makes this interesting is not necessarily the threshold, but who reacts to it. On Wednesday the 28th of February, Bitcoin passed that $60,000 milestone for the first time in two years to the elation of us crypto folk. It seems though it acted as a prompt for the United States government to make a move of their own. 
What you may or may not know is that as difficult as the US has been for crypto companies with regulatory uncertainty, the US government is one of the biggest Bitcoin whales on the planet and all without ever purchasing so much as a Satoshi. The US is believed to have around 200,000 Bitcoin in its reserves, valued at around $12.3 billion at the time of recording. To put that in context, MicroStrategy, the biggest publicly traded holder of Bitcoin, has been aggressively buying Bitcoin for years and they've only just hit 193,000. So how does the US have so much? Well, in 2016, a good portion of it was secured after a high-profile seizure from the Bitfinex hacker. The Bitfinex exchange was hacked for approximately 119,754 Bitcoin, which is worth over $7.4 billion today. And it is from this pool of seized Bitcoin that the US government may be looking to sell from. At 3.39pm on the 28th of February, a test transaction of one Bitcoin was made from a US government labelled wallet. Shortly after, a transaction of 2,817 Bitcoin, worth around $172 million, was made. This was followed by a third transaction of 0.01 Bitcoin and finally a fourth transaction of 12,267 Bitcoin, which is worth a staggering $748 million and this was all tracked by data from Arkham Intelligence. This brings the total to $922 million worth of Bitcoin transferred from the two government-owned wallets that held the funds seized from the Bitfinex hack. The timing of this is probably to do with Bitcoin's price, but there is another little coincidence that adds a bit more intrigue. The fund started moving a day after Ilya Liechtenstein, the hacker who stole and laundered north of $4.5 billion worth of Bitcoin from Bitfinex, appeared in a court in Washington where he laid out how he pulled off one of the largest Bitcoin heists in history. Lichtenstein and his wife, Heather Morgan, who's also known as the rapper Razzle Khan, were arrested in February 2022 over this hack and it led to the largest government seizure in history as the Bitcoin was worth $3.6 billion at that time. The couple have pleaded guilty to money laundering conspiracy in connection with the Bitfinex hack. Incidentally, the New York Times wrote an article back in 2022 that branded the pair as Bitcoin's Bonnie and Clyde, which has inspired Amazon to start working on a movie about them. So the message there, kids, is if you want a movie made about you, you need to steal a lot of money. Best of luck. Please don't steal money. Okay, that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed this Bitcoin special. It's been one hell of a week and everything is pointing to another not quiet weekend. And I will catch you up on everything that happens bright and early Monday morning. But that is it for today. So consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing or leaving a review. Have a great weekend. Let's do this again Monday. 